This podcast is brought to you by Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine for those that love to make and drink great beer. Learn more online or subscribe at beerandbrewing.com or find us on social media at Craft Beer Brew. Hi, this is John Holland. Welcome to the show. We're we are in New York's Hudson Valley today, and this is an area of the country that's become a hotbed for brewing and beer innovation. And perhaps there's no place that was as anticipated as where we are today, which is Industrial Arts Brewing Company. Jeff O'Neill, affectionately known as Chief, is the brewer and owner here. His uh, this is his first brewery after a career spent uh, brewing on both coasts. He worked for others, and notably Ithaca Beer Company and the Peaskill Brewing Company. Uh, you can find his beers on draft and in cans around the area. They are clean, they are inventive, and they are in demand. And if you find yourself in the area, don't pass them by. Chief, welcome to the oh, show. Thanks, John. That's a really swell intro. Well, you know, it's it's swell beer, and it's 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 worth it. Uh, Thank you, man. You know, this is we're uh, working really hard to to deliver on those promises that you just made. Well, on my behalf, <laughs> it, it, it's true that I, I've I've said publicly uh, that. New York, and I'll, and I'll use the general area. Uh, I, I typically talk about the city, but I'll talk about the general area. Has been a lousy beer town mm-hmm. for, for for quite a while, and I I, mm. I said that ten years ago, and yeah. I meant it. I said it five years ago. I was wavering on it, and now I, I, I don't mean it so ago, much. You were still right, yeah. But now we're at a point where you can walk into a place like Blind Tiger, and they're going to have local drafts on tap, and and local being fifty mile radius of, of, of New York City, which Thank we're you. well within right now. Oh, we're just um, actually we're close. To. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think I mapped it out yeah. just for maybe, maybe we're forty. Yeah, forty outside. Forty-eight point nine. Yeah, it's here, uh, yeah. yeah. You can count the very top of the sure. park. That's fine. Um, but you can have great local pints poured for you now, where you couldn't in the past, and. I do believe that when I show up at a bar and I see that one of your beers are on tap, as as removing myself as a journalist from the whole thing, but just being a beer drinker, I get excited because I know that you've put in your time as a brewer. I know that you've put in your time uh, and really thought about these recipes, and it's not necessarily a fly by night thing. A lot of brewers they get into it, they say, "Oh, I'm gonna, you know, make this beer," and then they do it and they put it out. I, everything that I think you've put out has been from what I can tell, a, a career's worth of building up to this point. We like to use the word, uh, like, intentional, what we're doing, right? And we've made some missteps for sure, but uh, we have, you know, kind of f- facilities that most year-old breweries don't have and uh, experience, certainly, that almost no year-old breweries have. Intentional, though. I, I You've been brewing 20 years now? Almost, yeah. Yeah. It was a different world back then. It's certainly a different world now. Uh, it, do you see the word intentional not used as much as you would like? Um, no. I mean, I've, I've said this a thousand times, and maybe I've said it to you before, but we're coming up on, if we haven't already passed, 6,000 breweries or, yeah. or craft Coming breweries, up on it, yeah. Um, which necessarily means there are that many different ways to do this. So what I've learned is not to assign right or wrong and to anybody's real approach, it's a truth is in the glass, right? Yeah. Um, there are lots of ways to skin this cat, and I have a particular way. You know, somebody told me early on in my career that every brewer 
clings on to one kind of like one thing that they hold dear and are, you know, you know, un, unmovable about, um, you know, and, and at that time, you know, it was, I was a home brewer even still. And the dialogue was about, uh, you know, some brewers love hops and some love malt and some love yeast and some love water. And that directly influences what happens sort of downstream from their process. Um, I think what I've become is kind of a process junkie. Don't get me wrong. I love hops. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been accused of hating malt. Um, <laughs> but I love the process and I love the the gadgets. And the, and here, as you just saw when we yeah. went through, we have a lot of control over our process. And I think that leads me into using that word intentional. Like between Mike and I, we've been brewing for 30 years and we have a pretty good idea what's going to happen well, a- after we do something. So – uh, worked uh, out on the West Coast mm-hmm. originally, yep. uh, then came out uh, east, uh, worked at Ithaca Beer, then worked at uh, Peekskill, um, and then you were able to design and build your own brewery here. And, and so as a process junkie, what did you put into the brewery here at Industrial Arts that you hadn't worked with in the past or something that you got excited about? I mean, it, it, it's a different brewery setup than I think most yeah, people might actually sure. see. Um, well, and in radio, being a visual medium, if you could please. Uh, I mean, that said, I guess <laughs> I guess we're also here to encourage people to come and see what we're up to. Absolutely. And, and I want to get into that. And well. a lot of what we're going to talk about in these next few sentences mm-hmm. is um, about our brew house, right? And it's on display for you to see when you come and visit us in our in our tasting room we kind of uh focused on that being the centerpiece um obviously we spent a lot of time and money putting that thing together um it's very compact it fits into the space like really about as tight as it can for its size um to you know there's some debate with the germans about how many vessels how many vessels are in it um (laughs) We have a, a, a mash kettle, a, la- a se- separate louder ton, a boil kettle, a dedicated hop back, and a dedicated whirlpool. Um, so we're able to stack three or four brews right behind each other, and it's really highly automated, right? So as long as we've been um, fastidious about the programming and the what we call critical control points, um, we're hitting those same values and those same numbers every time we brew a beer. And like the reality is every place that I've ever been, every small brewery that I've ever worked in before is a lot of throwing valves, closing one, opening another. And like, sometimes it's at four in the morning and sometimes it's at 11 o'clock at night. And sometimes you make mistakes and sometimes your assistant brewer, you know, kind of calls an audible and says that I don't think this beer is dry hopped enough or, you just there's points where you can lose control and and because time and temperature are the most important kind of things to me yeah. in the process um we took a lot of that out of we de-risked a lot of that by investing in that automation sure so mike and i talk through you know how we want those profiles to look and what we expect that to translate to uh in the finished product and then we spend a lot of time just staying out in front of that and making sure that we're ready to do all of those things. And we're really, we're, when we brew here, because of the degree of, of automation, we're operators. We're just confirming that something went right. Right. Where in a lot of smaller breweries, you're making it go right. 
if that makes sense. No, it does. And when you fail at that, you've gone wrong. So what it's hopefully it's clear having just walked through here to you that we're kind of built to scale a little bit where we can, if, you know, one of these brands does well or we're able to become sort of a regional player or even drilling down hard on New York City, we can scale up three or four times over pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Most small breweries don't see that as a, as, as much of a, I don't know. In my experience, many breweries have underplanned for success, right? Yes. And not that success is a given, but uh, I wanted, everywhere I've been has gotten too small too fast. And if you could squeeze out another hundred barrels, you could sell it. Right. But gosh, where am I going to put that tank? And that's, and that's really it. And so I, but going automated and going the way that you are, is that a, is that a luxury? Is that a, I, I don't know. Like, at the you, time, yeah. at the time I, I justified it because the Euro was really soft. Okay. And I had a, bud- a I had a, bu- I had a budget, yeah. I had a budgetary, I had a working number and all of a sudden I was able to squeeze in more bells and whistles for that same number. Yeah. And we wound up just getting more or less a fully like loaded out, like every a la carte option I could, some sort of n- novel um, ways to and, and path pipe pathways for mm-hmm. late hopping. That's a big focus here. Um, but we were able to like the timing was really good. The the euro was soft. It was shooting down over the like installment plan. Yep. And uh, I'm glad I'm glad we went with it. We could have. If it had been the opposite, we probably would have had more manual stations that we could have upgraded later on. I guess what I was trying to get to uh, with the luxury, though, it, it, has it freed you up to be creative in different ways? Has it freed you up to think about other parts of the business? Uh, you know, because I, well, I've automation is a bad had thing. To improve, yeah, yeah. Well, I've certainly it's been a new role for me to be out of that part of it more, and I think based on my own. Um, I don't want to say neuroses, my own concerns, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I, there's some part of me knew I was going to have to check out of the process sometimes to do brewery owner stuff, right? Yeah. Like I have to be at events. I have to be, you know, I also have four kids. There's like, uh, there's, I can't necessarily be here all the time at 6am and right. midnight. I, I definitely can't be here at 6am or midnight. Right. Well, you're not your 20 year old right. brewer self sure. anymore. Yeah. It's so I've had to wear different hats, maybe not more hats, but different hats here. And that was an early realization was that I was going to have a steep learning curve on the business side of it. Right. Which I was not as much in tune to when I was more in creative roles. What was the most surprising lesson wearing the, that different hat uh, in the last year that industrial arts has been around? I mean, I just said this. I don't know if I explained it very well in the other interview that just ran in Forbes. I never took for granted that we were going to lose money. And in retrospect, and having talked to other brewery owners, yeah, they're like, yeah, you should have planned to lose money for like two years. And I just refused to ever allow that concession into my head. So like the first few months when we were like, you know, I don't know, selling 
hundred barrels a week or so. Yeah. No, not even. We were selling like hundred barrels a month, maybe the first couple of months. Right. right? And you could make and we were draft only. A week. Yeah. We could make a yeah. And through the winter when we were kind of like, you know, feeling out new accounts, like figuring out what our what our bandwidth really was. Like, you know, we sell beer in Buffalo, but not in Long Island. Um it was tough to like it all worked on paper, but uh, we we were losing money, yeah. right, for a period of time that was much longer than I had counted on. Okay, right. So that caused that causes stress, right? Especially when you're not resigned to it, right? Um, but I think it also made me pay a lot of attention to the, like the dated, like a lot of the minutia, like where is this. $500 going and like really like being careful about a lot of things. And there's some things that I'm more careful about than others and probably to a fault. But there, but there is a, a sort of, a, I, I see it even still a casual nature to the beer industry and, and, and to the, to, to craft brewing, especially where, you know, people need to pay attention to the bottom line, but it's also like, Hey, it's a good time. Or, you know, people, yeah. You know, like I've always had faith that it will, click and work out right. and i think that's been a really like a, a strength right like right. i've never i've never once really thought that oh this is doomed there were a couple of like dark days where i was like oh man like how long is this gonna set us back or like you know uh didn't there were some like permits we didn't know when we'd have well now that they're all in hand it's easy for me to say like i never sure. had any doubt but uh i think one of the biggest challenges is is exactly that is staying as positive as possible. And, you know, I have a, a team that needs to be, you know, reinforced and they're like, you know, they're killers, but it wasn't always totally easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started out really like top heavy with some, like, you know, some really talented people who I really wanted to have on board. Um, and it took really like a minute before we were built out to support all of the infrastructure that we put in. Yeah. And canning actually was a big part of that, getting the beer in more people's hands and uh, spreading the word, spreading the word wider. Did you ever consider bottles? Not for a second. Really? Not even three years ago. And I wrote the business plan three years ago, I think, before cans exploded to the point that they are now. Mm -hmm. But I knew for sure that the beers we were going to focus on are these hop forward, aromatic, um, and there's just no debate about what the better package is to, to get that to the, to the consumer. The two beers that you see, uh, in cans and, uh, and, and draft around, uh, tools of the trade, mm-hmm. uh, pale ale mm-hmm. and metric, uh, the Pilsner, mm-hmm. uh, does one, is one a flagship? Are they, we neck and meant neck? Are they... for, we certainly meant for tools to be the flagship. Yeah. Um, and we think it's a great way to show off that process and the, and the clean approach and the um, the sort of consistency that we can certainly do. Yeah. Um, we actually price it a little bit lower to be really competitive. Okay. But the market is not as price sensitive as I had thought. Okay. Um, and New York City, of course, is like, as you mentioned, is not just a great beer town, but it's also a drinking town. Yeah. Um, and people aren't shy about wanting stronger beers because they're not typically driving right um so tools has done really well for us but i i definitely pictured it and certainly this is from a few years ago when i first started thinking about what a 
the portfolio would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were in more of a flagship period at that time. Yeah. And now it's clear that we need to be a little bit more agile and offer new stuff. Um, we're not going to be the place that makes a new beer every week. Right. But we definitely have the luxury of not being locked into a legacy of, you know, wholesalers. Well, yeah. well, well, even like we haven't been around long enough that wholesalers have programs built around a brand. Sure. Or um, some of the things that, you know, were once, you know, amazing accomplishments are now kind of sh- can be shackling. Right. So some of those earlier brewers, so those legacy brewers are, you know, so it's what we're reading about, you know, now is, you know, the the people moving on in favor of fresher, more local and more, I don't know if whimsical is the right word, but. Well, I I think that people like to connect with with their brand. I mean, you can say, you know, Sierra was flat last year. Sam Adams was down. New Belgium was down. Uh, you can go into their tap rooms in Fort Collins and oh, in Boston, sure. and Chico There's... and Mills River, and they're packed to the gills. Man, I went to the um, New Belgium in Asheville, yeah. and there were like 100 people outside throwing Frisbees and playing with their dogs. I'm yeah. like, I never thought of that. I, it's a different New Belgium than I've ever seen because when I visited the mothership, mm-hmm. it's on an industry tour at GABF. It's not right. during their normal business. You're not there as a consumer. Yeah, and I yeah. went to the, this particular, and you know, I have a friend who works there who we were meeting at the, at the bar, but it was, it was eye-opening, like how they, I think they were more intentional about that there, right? A hundred percent. Like they built it out in a way that it was a very comfortable place to go and visit and be indoors, outdoors. and Well, sure. I mean, for any of those breweries that have uh, launched their second location, uh, they learn from their you know mistakes and they mm-hmm. learn from what they always wanted to do better. I mean, you know, Sierra Nevada and Mills River is, you know, Malt Disney World because it's mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. what Ken's vision was. Sure. I mean, it's similar to, I, you know, you working for other brewers, and I think it's true for other brewers when you hang your own shingle uh, that you can do it the way that you have always envisioned it. Like you're not necessarily shackled by you know the boss since you're just the brewer because now you or are. Am I? Well, I. <laughs> that can be the double edged sword, right? But it can absolutely mm-hmm. it can be. But I, I'm, I'm curious though because when, when we were walking around on the tour uh, before we started recording, uh, you said you know uh, uh, you didn't mean to be a publican. You're not a publican, but. Every weekend when your tap room is open, it's it's crowded. People sure, come here sure. um, and and drink. And you seem to, to to say that that sort of surprises you. We have again, like when I wrote the business plan, just about three years ago. Like I started it maybe three years ago this week. Even um, the 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 market was a, was a different place, or, or it wasn't as easily identifiable. As it is today, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it, maybe it had already started to turn, but it was still like uh, at, the, at the beginning of that. Um, I always planned on being a primarily a production brewery, and assumed from from the get go that we'd be working with wholesalers, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I drew it up as more like here's what we're going to be able to here's the margin that we're going to be able to keep. We're gonna go. We're gonna be strong throughout New York State. We're gonna be a New York State focused brand, and we're gonna get traction in Buffalo and Rochester and Syracuse and Albany, and especially in New York City. Right. 
the major um, metropolitan areas or the major population centers, I should say. Yeah. And uh, I saw retail as something that was, and again, this was before the Craft Act was even passed. Mm-hmm. In, in New York State. In New York State. So I want to say I was writing the business plan in the fall of 2014. And then January 2015, maybe February, the Craft Act went into effect. And actually, I was at Rushing Duck that day, just randomly. I was driving around. I might have even been looking at a site somewhere. That's another in, Hudson in Valley. Hudson Valley, yeah. yeah. So I looked up and down the valley from from a, like yeah. a, a radius from our home. Are they a cider? They're just Rushing Duck is a brewery. Is a brewery. Um, they make it. I think they make a cider by yeah, virtue, that's... which is per- permitted by the Farm Brewing right. Act. Um, Sorry, maybe it's a ginger, it, yeah. like a. That's what I know from I them. I think they this... started making cider. I don't think I've tried it. Okay. I'm reasonably sure they make a cider on the regular. Okay. But I happened to be there, and I was a little bit less in tune with it because I was not working in a brewery that it affected. It didn't affect Peekskill. Right. They have a pub brewing license. So pints were, uh, you know, Permitted, thing. yeah. Um, but I happened to be at Rushing Duck that first day that it was in place, and Oh, you should have seen the look on Nikki's face when she sold her first couple of pints. Like, oh my God, we just made $15 that we had to give away yeah. last week. Yeah. And uh, I stuck with that conservative, like maybe that it was 10% of our revenue while we were going to be small, mm-hmm. and that it then skewed down to like three, five, and then 3% of our overall like model yeah. was way more to get to a, get to a point where the economies of the of the scale of and the automation made sense right like it wasn't going to pay for itself right away but as you're able to just grow by by standing up new tanks it's like a lot more comfortable than doing a like a capital project every time you need to sure yeah, you, like really, yeah we, you need to buy really some for us to grow we just need yeah. to buy some stainless steel okay that's manageable or at least it looks like it is on paper yeah um and it i can i'm here to tell you that it is because we've already put the down payment on five new tanks right so um and that'll get you to you did about five thousand barrels last year no we, we paid or, set about like we'll probably do about four thousand this year okay um and capacity for five yeah, yeah we have capacity for five and hopefully we can really build upon that significantly okay. next year um so sorry long long story short we're outperforming my retail part of the model significantly by like 30% or something. Okay. And it's not it's not a giant focus of ours, right? Like our tap room is really nice. It's very unique. It is. Yeah. Um but it's in a it's in a geographically limiting location that you have to drive <laughs> to. Yes. Um and in a 200-year-old building or uh, parts of the this complex are 200 years so old. So we try yeah. and like when I'm at my worst, it's harder than at other times. So we try not to compare ourselves to anybody else, right? Mm-hmm. Because we had this runway based on our own, you know, experience and stuff that not everybody has. Right. But other people have, you know, got this lightning in a bottle thing where people are camping out on Friday night. You know, so like it's you can't make that happen, right? You can't fabricate that. Right. Um so we try to do our own thing and stay true to our model as best we can. And obviously, I think I have already conceded that we've veered off of the flagship model. Sure. Um, and we're listening to the consumer and we're like trying to 
stay a little bit ahead. Like we definitely see pills emerging. Like well, that's, that's definitely a thing. I mean, it, it, it's one of the beers that I associate with you guys and it's not something surprise hit of the summer. Like we made a batch cause Mike and I wanted to drink pills and that's every brewer says. Yeah. That. And yeah. like it res really resonated right away. Um, I think, you know, Dan Suarez opened, you know, kind of focusing on these the Suarez family maybe brewery, got yeah. people more thinking about it in, in New York city more, um, Maybe there was more pills FOMO. Well, I don't know. I mean, people were drinking pills in the in the form for of sure. Stella Artois and Bud Light and. But you know, that's Heineken a different drinker, and, though, right? Sure, it is. Like it's a different price point. But it's but this it's is my different... argument about New York, though. It is a different price point. But my argument about New York is that it's a familiar word for people. Yeah, and that's why sure. I'm surprised that more brewers have been slow. I, I oh, know it's space and can say it's, it, hard, to it's brew. hard to brew and hard to brew well. But if you can have, if you do have the technical know-how to do it, uh, you should because you it's words make, that people already just know. Just for instance, like t- without giving too much away, yeah, it takes four times longer to make that beer than this beer to make uh, the pills than it does your New England IPA. Correct. Sure. Four times longer. But you also have to drink your New England IPA within six hours of it being canned. Is that uh, that's a, some of that's them are a, like I that. Know, I, I'm I I'm feeling like ours is a a little bit more teasing. stable yeah. and uh, then 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 some. I'm just like I've come to terms with the fact that we need to offer a, a broader yeah. portfolio than just. Well, you have a silver can with a paper label, so you need to. You know, you need to have a New England IPA. It's, sure, yeah, sure. That's uh, uh, the way that it goes. Um, so I don't know if you've seen. We're we're kind of we're lampooning it a little bit by right. by calling these people juice wolves. Okay. So I, I have a hashtag that I like people to use now. It's hashtag juice wolf. I'll uh, I'll ask people to use that as they're <laughs> as they're listening to this. Uh, you can tag. So so first of all, hashtags are great, um, but people need to find you on Twitter first. Oh. Which every time that I have a few drinks in me, which is often. Oh gosh, I, don't, uh, I, don't I can't. We don't tweet. No, no. But you guys have one. We have one, but it's abandoned. We're we're active really on Instagram, and okay. then we share that to Facebook. Okay, but you know, and and we've talked about this internally. Is is Twitter your Twitter's your default? No, I mean I I use Facebook. I use I use all. We of them. we tend to use Instagram more than anything else. Okay. Um, well, beer and, is a visual medium. Yeah, and uh, we have not been very active on Twitter. But a big part of this is is just based on the, our own st- our own staffing shortcomings. Okay. Like we've run super lean, and by the time some weeks we're like, oh, we we're supposed to post on social media this week. Okay. But see, I just I default. I'm such a luddite that yeah, like, I was a um, late adopter to Twitter. Uh, I'm on there, but it, it, it's uh, when people say hashtag, I just immediately think of Twitter. Uh, but oh, yeah, sure. but, but Instagram. And I think of Instagram. Sure. So that, that's all. It, that's all it was with me. But and like I'm, on Twitter, and I'm though, older than you. I know it's, but you, but you're hip. You have like you know kids <laughs> who are kind. you know you're too kind. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like industrial arts with the I being yeah, the number one, yeah. and the, and the roasted, S and is a five. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying. When I've had a few drinks, I can't find you yeah, guys on Twitter. Yeah. So, uh, so I, we, we did that. We <laughs> launched that way on, uh, the Instagram too. And then, um, we brought on our general manager who's a, who's a millennial. Yeah. And she disabused me of the notion that that was okay or clever. Okay. And we changed, we actually, we changed our Instagram handle to be industrial arts brewing because okay. that wasn't taken. Right. 
Um, maybe industrial arts was taken though. Right. And I may, I didn't think it through. Like I, I approached it like it was my own personal Instagram at first before we had any information to convey, you know, like, <laughs> Oh, I got to get, I got really nothing to do because I don't have a lease yet. Yeah. So I better set up social media it's today. Just pics of the kids. Yeah. And, and yeah. well, no, I, I don't think it got, I don't think it got that personal, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, that was, so that's maybe even a part of the learning curve that I, that I talked about before. Right. Like that, when I was at Ithaca, we had a marketing person who did that stuff. And, uh, it's never been my forte. Um, well, but you, and those are the kinds of things that are really important in today's, in today's market is, is keeping people informed in real time about what you're up to. Because I think part of the, what's hurting these legacy brands is the perception that they are from the past. Right. And, and a little bit out of touch. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's a great save from uh, this weird path that we just walked down about hashtags. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, you're out a lot. I mean, you, you are the guy associated with the brewer. Sure. I mean, you are the Sam Caligione of your brewery, the well, Ken Grossman, all the, I mean, and, and when those guys are out and selling the beer, I mean, that is still sort of that personal touch and walking there's a, in. there's a, that's the, Do you still find that like being out there is still the best way? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think, a big part of our early success was based on having so many of those relationships already from having been, you know, I had some access to the tastemakers in the city when I was at Ithaca. Yeah. But when I was really doubling down on building the peak skill brand, I was in the city maybe twice a week. And really uh, getting, yeah, and having a, a, an amazing time, right, in, in the, the deepest, broadest market in the country right. and seeing these places open one after another and none of them close, right? Yeah. And now there are groups that only had one bar that are on their third or fourth or fifth or sixth, and it's like you see them just being really successful because they're true to whatever it is that is their own mission. And that, and it's been like a really cool reciprocal thing to see that happen both to the retailers and to my peers to, for it to finally work, you know, like when we talk about doing this 20 years ago, there was no way it was going to be a career. Right. It was, I liked beer and I was willing to break my back all day to trade for $8 an hour and a couple of growlers. Right. Well, I, I, I want to get to that in just a second, but I, I, I do want to ask you, though, because you brought up an interesting point of being true to and – and I know some of the bars in the city that you're talking about. And you know it, it, it's hard for those folks to continue to stay true to their mission because there are so many outside forces and there yeah. are so many yeah. things. And as a, as a brewer, though, I, I, I've had this conversation with other folks, and I'm curious about your take, is when you're being pulled by – Fickle consumers, and that's really what we are mm-hmm. as consumers are fickle of untapped reviews or you know somebody talking shit on instagram or or whatever it is that they're that that they're doing. How hard is it to stay true you know to 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 your mission It's easier than it's ever been really right yeah, when I was younger, I was way more reactionary about that stuff, and I'd let somebody get under my skin with a bad review now i've learn to approach it, that it's much better for me to approach it in the aggregate. Mm-hmm. Right. And what we see is a lot of really great reviews and some outlying criticism, which is, 
comes with the territory, right? Like beer is such a personal thing. Yeah. It's something people, you make, I make that people put into their bodies, which is really all they have here in this world. And I get it. If something doesn't strike you, like if you don't like everything that we do, like it would be kind of weird if you did actually. (laughs) I get that. And, and certainly when I travel to breweries and I, I'm trying different things, there's styles that I will try, but I'll probably stay away from when it comes time for the full pint, just because it doesn't you know, suit my taste. I also don't take to, to Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and be like, you know, XX style of beer at, at this brewery uh, is so terrible. Uh, Right. And and I see like, I see a lot of that and that's gotta be, I'm either really good at tuning that out or my friends are better than yours. Okay. (laughs) That's, that's, that's that's an excellent, that's yes. Um, That's more likely. You know, I, I used to pay, I I used to pay way too, uh, like frankly, too much attention to that stuff. I think it would probably help me a lot in building a reputation as being more sensitive about that. Maybe. Um, but now I've, I think I've got to a point where I have more self-confidence and esteem than, than ever, I hope. Um, and I, we try really hard not to let that stuff affect us. So, like, it can be good affirmation that you're doing a good job, but we try not to let it steer what we're doing. So, you used the word runway before uh, to, to get to this mm-hmm. uh, point that we're at right now uh, with, with your uh, brewery. And you've talked about how you've grown from how it might have affected you in younger days and now, mm-hmm. you know, not so much and everything like that. A career spans both coasts. Uh, working for Ithaca, I was telling you this before that uh, Cascazilla Hoppy Red yeah, Ale yeah. was the first beer, and you're saying it's 2004. So, so I was 24 at the time. Uh, that was the first time that I truly appreciated uh, a, a, an aggressively hoppy beer. Where'd, where'd you live then? I was in Jersey. And we would have been selling, yeah, we would yeah. have been selling some of it in Jersey. Yeah. Um, I had it on, I, I don't remember where I had it on tap for the first time, but I had it and we were talking about the labels and we're so susceptible with tap handles and uh, uh, being sold. And it was this really cheesy, terribly bad, like Photoshop <laughs> label of a waterfall and Godzilla uh, shooting hops red, out of his red mouth, hops. red hops out of his mouth yeah. instead of fire. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had had hoppy beers before and I drank Sierra Pale. I had had, uh, you know, some others at a local brew pub, but I tried it and it was just, it snapped for me, um, you know, in, in that way. Um, well, that beer was that, that art, you know, um, that archetypal, uh, Northwest red IPA. It's got some chocolate and a lot of citrus, a little bit of color, but it's very dry. Mm-hmm. Um, those are beers that you know, now are fairly dated, right? Like when I've been back to Portland or Seattle, sometimes you'll order like the house IPA and it's that, it's not what I expect an IPA to be now. Right. Right. And And it's a throwback to, it's a throwback and some of them are still quite good, but, but it's sort of a, so there's a gap there. I, that was just um, a, a diversion, though, because I, I, what I want to say is, you know, you, you did great things at Ithaca, and then you went to Peekskill, and you got them up and running, and you did great things yeah, there. Yeah, we built and, a really know, cool brewery there. Yeah, um, you had a cool yeah, ship, yeah. and just well, was, and they still have, they right, still do. Right, it's, it didn't yeah, leave yeah, with yeah, you, yeah. but um, I mean, you, you can steal office supplies when you leave a job. It's a little <laughs> bit harder to, to steal a cool ship underneath your jacket, but. Um, but that's the runway that sort of got you to take off to 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 where you are today. 
how did you know when it was time to leave working for somebody else and to to start your own thing? well it's such a, like it's a personal decision right because right. it's like a long term commitment to invest in a place like I have here right right and to well it's you know like it's a project to raise the money to to do this um, but and 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 I'm not saying I, that you're an old I'll guy. I'll tell you, but you're like, not no, a no, young no, guy no, no, no. Well. I'll tell and you, so, like, yeah. It, I always knew I wanted to have a brewery. What that was, what that brewery was, changed almost constantly in my mind's eye over different moves and different industry sort of trends. And at one point, I thought I wanted to be a, a hermit brewer who lived on a hill and made you know only <laughs> cork and cage. Like, um, you know, cult beers. I could see you doing Um, At one point, I thought, like, oh, well, why don't I just, like, talk to somebody like Phil Markowski and just launch a brand and just be the face of a brand and not, you know, go and brew it someplace that can make a big batch and take advantage of my... My industry connections that way without and there's folks without that, having so. to raise the kind of capital that we did to do this. Um, there was a point at which I was more interested in being a publican than I kind of communicated to you earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the reality of it is, you know, my wife and I have four kids and we need like a viable way to raise them. Right. And small brewery might not be that. It might just be a real modest kind of income and something that you're always figuring out how to how to you know pay for ingredients that you bought 30 days ago that's right. still not finished product and uh you know that that tension between like being hand to mouth and and something that's scalable so like it went through a lot of different iterations in my head um and even then I never pictured how you know it being on a site like this so it's always like you know in a warehouse or an industrial park somewhere like then you'd find a cool site that ticked a lot of boxes, but there was one fatal flaw. Like I looked at probably 15 different places up and down the Hudson Valley. Um, and almost any one of them would have informed the brand in a different way than this one did. Right. Like the name of this brewery came out of this site for sure. Uh, it's not like you had I mean, I'm sure you've had names that you've wanted to use in the past and Yeah, like my corporate name is, is Spectacle Brewing LLC. Okay. And that was before, your glasses wearing. Yeah, individual. and that was before yeah. I really had a site or like a fully formed brand, you know, and it takes and you know, like And that would have been I weird had you moved into slowly. this. Like yeah. I, and like I'm, I'm like partially it's probably fear of commitment, right? But we've let it unfold very slowly. Like I said earlier, we didn't start canning for six months. Like yeah. wanted the beers to be really dialed in before we sent them out into places, parts unknown. Um, this question was about why well, how do you I know? Why, yeah. How did I know? Oh, so what I was really going to say is I turned 40 the year that I wrote the business plan. And it's not like I felt like I hadn't accomplished anything, but that's a milestone for some people. Um, And for me, it was, I guess. And I had, you know, get get solicited for things. You get recruited for jobs. Like some stuff I just kind of was like, no, I'm good. I'm doing this thing that I like. 
my situation in Peekskill was great. Like my commute, like I took the train from where we live, 15 minute train ride up and down the Hudson. That's really nice. Um, when Amtrak walking, works or when Metro, Metro works. Norris, but it was, yeah. it was really reliable for what I needed it for. Um, we live in a quaint little town there on the, on the Hudson and like, we love it there, but there's only so much you can do working for somebody else. Right. Right. So, and not everybody feels this way. Right. And I, and I still bristle when people call me an entrepreneur because I still feel like I'm a brewer who is figuring out how to make it into a business. Like I don't, I'm not a, I'm not doing it for business's sake. I'm doing it for brewing's sake, right? Well, an entrepreneur kind of entrepreneur kind has of has a different connotation. Yeah, to it. it's a little uh, bit you're like you're in it for money, you're, you're in it or for, you're selling widgets or right. whatever the, your widget is now. Right, is what and there's nothing wrong with asking. making money, and if you have a good product, people will buy it. But it's a different. I think that's a different it, switch in people's brands. Yeah, um, and it can be certainly something to be very proud of. Um, <laughs> and proud we are of. All but that. I made. Yeah. But I made a. Uh, a, a casual commitment to myself to take every meeting when I turn 40 to stop okay. turning down meetings. Okay. Just to like, listen to people. And it started me on this path and it took me down in a, a path that an opportunity that didn't, didn't pan out. And I was so far invested in starting something new at that point, And I had had to put together or at least contribute, um, in a significant way to a brewery business plan. And I could see how it worked on paper and like, Oh, well maybe this isn't so crazy. And then I happened into a meeting with some people who really seemed like they were looking for a brewery project to invest in. And it grew from there. As we start to wind up here, um, we were walking through, your tasting room before. And I mean, we, we haven't even gotten into, you have a cool beer pipeline that goes from your brew yeah, house. Into the, uh, Not, yeah. I'm so sorry. At that point it's just, you're, you're yeah. yes, you're, you're work going in because the, the federal government doesn't care what happens in the brew house. They only care what happens in the, well, in right. The and beer but, is, yeah. beer is way more prone to, to those temperature swings. So yeah. like before it's fermented and we're pumping it down there, it's, it's, and it's a hundred meters too. It's yeah, which which I didn't sure. have a, a scale of what that was until uh, we just walked it yeah, uh, on the, our way here before. Um, but it's it's, it's a cool the thing, thing. I did and the most math on. And if if people come, they take a tour, I guess, and they can they can see this for themselves. Is that uh, um, we're getting there to the point that okay. we're doing full on tours? But like I tried to um, imply yeah. earlier, like so much of our process is right there yeah. on display. Yeah, so much of I think the the primary stuff that we are focused on is right there and like really almost, almost within reach. Right? Okay. See, I, I should have, uh, I should have prepped better for this. No, um, we this will. Is, this, um, is, this, is, this is podcast number two. So we, I'll, I'll we will offer forward. tours, uh, in That's the, in the future. And it's, it's noteworthy because the site is like the way it's laid out is you walk kind of down a long hill. Oh yeah. And when you've, and it's like an active through, roadway as well. Yeah, and it's, when you've yeah. walked through to the end of our warehouse, you're virtually two city blocks away from where you started. So we're still trying to figure out how to staff that, right? Like we're we're pretty we're a skeleton crew, and if somebody were to take a group of ten on a walk, uh, the right. person they left behind. Listen, if you bring back if you bring back <laughs> nine, that's still a win. Um, <laughs> But what, what I wanted to say, though, is, you know, so people can come and they can see the process. Uh, they can drink the beers. Uh, you, you're obviously committed to quality. You're committed to um, education. But for somebody who doesn't 
no good beer or hasn't uh, had a full experience of it. They haven't had their Cascazilla moments yet. Um, what do you see as as a brewer as your most important responsibility to a consumer? Oh, good question. Oh, thanks. That's why I'm here. I think That's how um, I got the job. Well, so so I'll, I'll just. <laughs> It's not like the other uh, podcast, you know. Uh, this is, uh, yeah. How, how'd you, <laughs> who were you in a past life to have to get stuck with that one? Um, Augie, he's not going to listen to this. That's fine. <laughs> um, All right, we've stalled enough. That's yeah, uh, had to come out. Somewhere. That was that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, I just meant well, all of so, that hemming and uh, hawing was to give you time to formulate I, an answer. I, I, yeah. I want to. I want to be careful that you don't dwell on the thing and that I that I maybe misspoke about like okay. the publican thing. Yeah. Right. So one of the things that has been the most valuable and the most like illuminating for me is seeing that thing again that you mentioned mm-hmm. that light bulb go off when, you know, like what we hear a lot here is I don't even like beer, but that's really good. And, <laughs> and I think that's a function of, people tasting beer at the source for the first time and especially neighborhood or really local people. There's something to be said that the, the water that we use Mm -hmm. is familiar to them. It's the water from their homes. Right. right? So it's got maybe like, you know, like our busiest days are, you know, around the holidays when people are back and suddenly now there's something to do in the neighborhood here. Right. right? So we get uh, more of a cohort like, the typical craft beer tap room demographic during those times, like the typical, like the age, yeah, the, like the the twenty two to whatever the coveted age demographic right. is, right? Who are complaining that your New England IPA isn't hazy enough? It's not. To... It's not wine enough. Yeah, or it doesn't have enough weed in it. I don't know. <laughs> um, but that's definitely fucking hazy enough. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been drinking Wrench for the last uh, twenty minutes of this uh, of this interview here, um, NEPA, um, as it were. But um, I, I think that stewardship of, of, and and it's, it's almost like a, an obligation at this point is to, is for people to, or for me to convey to people, that no matter where you go now, you should be able to find this right. Like, and if you go into a brewery, and their beer isn't good at their brewery, yeah, that says a lot, right? Like, it should be at its best there, right? Hundred percent. And I think also like a lot of the the people here around North Rockland County, they didn't have a, like any kind of reference point for this, so they didn't know what to expect. And we're definitely putting flavors in front of them that they've never considered in a setting that probably seems impossible based on their experience with this site. Yeah. Right? Like this has been like you know I showed you where the place was flooded, and yeah. it's been just sort of marginalized. You know, kind of like a like a. I don't know, like the an albatross, like it's kind of like, it's gotta be, it's, yeah. it must've been really hard for our, you know, our landlord to make it through lean times after floods. And like, it's on the upswing now. And I'm like really proud that we've played a, like a part in that. Um, but I think it's like, we have that one opportunity to be forthright when we're right in front of somebody and tell them like, yeah, this tastes great because it hasn't been on a delivery truck or left on a loading dock in the sun or like handled by, you know, four truck drivers and abused in a hot basement in Brooklyn or whatever. And that those are really, those I think are, are those factors 
and when we're reading these like industry trends where everything is come becoming a, a local tap room, right? It's because the beer tastes better in the local tap room. Like almost, it's almost impossible that it that it doesn't. Right. And people are are woke to that, right? Like they um, they expect that, and they know that probably my beer is going to taste better here than it does at one of my accounts. Sure. Um, not always, but if they want to get that freshest can, they can come here and get it. And some of those barriers have been removed, right? Some of the, some of those accesses to the product. Um, and if you don't do that, I mean, I, I, I'm always surprised when brewers at their own tap room are, I don't want to say phoning it in, but quite honestly, I've been to places where they're phoning it in. And well, they're missing an opportunity. Yeah. And like, I, like I've gotten a lot out of this industry and I feel an obligation to not just promote our own brand. And I, and like, you know, I have, I have pet friends whose beers I really like Mm and I'll almost always talk them up, but it's, I try to do it in the general vein. Like you can go to Peoria now and I bet there's good fresh beer in Peoria. Probably. Um, and this should be your expectation when you walk into a place like this. And if your mind isn't blown, go down the block because somebody else is doing it better. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing is for people to know why or understand why it tastes so good at some places. Right, that they are focused on that experience, and they're focused on their glassware, and they're focused on the whatever it takes to make their environment stand out from somewhere else. Right, because there are six thousand of us. Right, you have to find a way. You have to find a way. But if the liquid's good and the beer is good and the commitment's there, I think you're. That's you that's, have a window. Yeah, you have a window, right? And that's that's been one of the other realizations that. I meant to touch on a little bit yeah. is when you see these big seminal brands in decline, that means the writing's on the wall at some point for you too, right? Like you can't be, we're not going to be a new brewery for much longer if we still are after being open a year and staying relevant is probably one of the biggest challenges that we, that any given brewery faces at this point. Right. But do you have designs to go bigger than this area? We want to be really strong here. Okay. Right. Um, we want to be narrow, but deep. Yeah. I mean, some, somebody was just telling me, I, I was having a separate conversation earlier today where, uh, they're down in North Carolina and Brooklyn makes great beer, but people want to drink local. So mm-hmm. they're not going to drink Brooklyn down there. You know, it's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll drink it up here and it'll do well in some other places like that. But, uh, those bigger brands are having a harder time outside of their home market these days. Um, well, Brooklyn is maybe, it's not, not maybe a great the example, best example, right? But Brooklyn is more of a global brand at this of course, point. But it, this was, but just, yeah, like there are, yeah. I mean, and again, like, uh, be careful not to like call anybody out. It's like being in decline or whatever. And, and but again, like the liquid, the, the beer is great and there, there's good beer coming out of there and inventive stuff coming out of there. But I, I, the lesson, the lesson for me yeah. is that even the best beer, somebody is going to do it differently sooner or later and appeal to somebody in a way that you're not. And to expect, like, I think one of the 
things that the industry was probably guilty of yeah. was a little bit of hubris about continuous 10, 20% growth. Like they 100%. Get, well, like, again, I want to be careful about... I don't know what other people's board meetings are like, right? Right. Like, but I, I yeah, so, no, I'll, I'll agree with you so, flatly. And but like that, yeah. for people to be leveraged out of their, you know, in, uh, into debt at this point with mature businesses, like it makes no sense to me. So what we're trying to do is not put ourselves in that situation where we have debt to service, where we have, you know, questionable growth plans, like where it's, makes sense and we have compelling reason to believe that it makes sense. And I think we have the runway is the right word. We have runway to grow for X amount of time. And then there's going to be somebody new who's more relevant and siphon some of that away. And it might not be one place. It might be a, might be a whole school of brewing that we don't even know about yet. Right. Right. There's some, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Do you know? I I don't. If, <laughs> Can if, you tell if, me? No. If, <laughs> yeah. If I if I did, I'd be consulting but somewhere else. So, but, but yeah. That, but that's that's kind of I think an advantage that that we have is that is that experience and a longer view of like I've seen the shakeout. Right. I saw it happen. Right. When you, yeah, I worked, you I've worked yeah. for a brewery that closed. Um, what was the brewery? It was called uh, Jupiter. Okay. And they actually still have. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you well, hesitated no, no, there. No, no, it, no. It's um, like a painful memory. It's, uh, I'm sure it is. Formative, but, yeah. right? Like, it sucked at the time. Yeah. Um, I worked at a brewery that it's the same owners as the 20 Tank. I worked at the 20 Tank. Yep, 20 Tank. I wasn't yep. there. I didn't work there when it closed. I worked okay. there before it closed. Um, but it was the same owners Out as Jupiter. And the way, they have yeah. a tap room in downtown Berkeley. They own Triple Rock Brewing mm-hmm. in downtown Berkeley. Yep. Um, at the time, they did not own Drake's, but they do also own, own, own Drake's yeah. now. They own um, Big Time Brewing in Seattle. It's family yeah. family business. There's a there's a few in that uh, the portfolio now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and there was a small brew pub set up in the deep East Bay in Walnut Creek on the yep. other side of the other side of the Caldecott Tunnel, east side of the in the desert yeah. part of the of the East Bay. Um, and we brewed the beer there and trucked it to the main outlet in Berkeley. And this town, Walnut Creek, like if you haven't been there, it's an, like an outdoor shopping mall. Um, and it, it, it wasn't a viable place for a brew pub in 2000. Um, so what happened was they closed. <laughs> so he closed the place where the beer was brewed and went into a cooperative arrangement where the tanks that were there got installed at Drake's for Drake's to to contract brew. Okay. Co-pack, whatever the word you want to use is. Uh, their house brands there. And I was the brewer at the place that closed. The focus was on the equipment. And the people were a sec were an afterthought. <laughs> And it's one of those things. I shouldn't like, laugh, but like, it, no, it's, no, no, it's and such a business owner. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I've had other, I've had other negative uh, experiences with other brewery owners, and many positive ones as well. But this was a formative one where I think I even have said to my brother at one point, like, when I become a beer baron, remind me that it's because of the people that are doing the dirty work, right? right? And that that person being felt like uh, feeling like a. A th- like a an afterthought, like has a real like effect. 
And you're saying you have five employees now and five part-time, uh, five full-time, yeah, I think five there are part-time. Of us total, or, yeah. 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 I mean, so that, that I experience, mean, these things, I mean, it, it's yeah, things that like, you don't think about in the moment that come back to you that, later. Like, I'm trying really hard to, to like walk the walk on. Yeah. It's like taking care of people being like a, a, a people first company and not a, not a profit first company. And like, we haven't lost anybody yet. And yeah. I think that's really remarkable. That is. So, you know, it's crazy here and I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not a traditional business person or certainly a traditional boss, but I hope everybody feels like as valued as they are. Right. Because you can't like equipment is a tank is a, is a, a piece of steel. Yeah. A person is, is a, you know, much more complex and much more <laughs> important, much more important to the success. Or failure of of any given thing. We've so had, we try to we try to f- focus as or yes, I've, I've tried to make that a priority, like being progressive with benefits packages and stuff like that. And that's something that I don't know if a lot of upstarts are thinking about. Or um, I mean, loyalty is important. I had in this to do industry. it though. Yeah. For the record, I had to do it to recruit the people I wanted, of course, because that's what they're worth. Right. So we've always budgeted for that but thinking about that even but it made us to very top heavy made right, us very no. top heavy um we've been drinking your beers uh metric and wrench and I've, I've been loving the hell out of them um and people should certainly drink these beers what is one beer that you don't make that you think somebody new to drinking uh, flavorful beer or somebody Ooh. who has been drinking for quite a while um, that may not be uh, thinking about it. Ooh. Like what, what, what's the beer that's not yours that you would recommend somebody to drink? Oh my God. You know what? One of the best beer experiences I had this whole year, What? a couple of bottles of Prima pills at the airport. Oh yeah. Like that beer is Victory. so yeah. good. It is it's so good. Yeah. Um, that one came right to mind. Okay. Um, and that's another, like, that's another thing. Like, I know, like, I only, well, you know like, folks I can't, and like, but, you, but no, you, no, no, you know. no, it's, it's more like, I can't think of any beer as just like a beverage, right? I have to f- deconstruct it. Okay. If I put it in my mouth, I'm like, how did they do this? Either for better or worse. Like, wow. Sometimes it's, why did they do this? But is there something that it's you probably go to more just often for your why own pleasure? Do this than, for my own pleasure. Because maybe that, I mean, maybe that's so, the way to get to the answer. Okay, so this brewery was built on All Day IPA, on Founders All Day IPA. Really? Yep. yep. When we didn't have beer, we were buying, Mike and I would be buying the 15 two packs 15 the- packs every, ah! every second or third day, right? And there's a good store, like, just a mile or two from here. <laughs> and they've done an amazing job of their distribution. Like, you can get that beer fresh and at an yeah. affordable, like... And honestly, I've been making a brewer's wage for so long. Like, beer's kind of expensive when you have to you buy be, it, yeah. right? And we didn't have a brewery. We didn't have, like, beer to trade with anybody else or, right. or take home. Um, and we recently had, like, a staff outing. We all went sailing for a day. Right. I bought a 15-pack. It was the first time I had had one in six or eight months, maybe. Right. And it's so good. It's so good. And they're actually their pills is really good too, that American style pills. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look more like I'm 
probably getting away from thinking of like precious beers as being something that is like I don't even mean precious. I mean there's certain things like I mean for me like Pilsner or Kell. Like I yeah, everybody should sure. drink Pilsner or Kell. I had a bad one last week. No shit. Yeah, but it was at a questionable place. Oh, like, okay. It was like who kn- like it was my best. Oh, that's so disappointing. It was my though. Best bet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, what bus station? But yeah, did you but find certainly like yeah. certainly like I'm more paying attention to places that are able to do it in volume yeah. now than you know knock it out of the park on a small batch. And there's nothing wrong with small batch brewing, right? Um, but being able to sustain it and work on that consistency. And, I think it's and, a great goal. And like, that's, that's what's going to be, that's, what's going to keep us in the game is being a little bit bigger than small, mm-hmm. but not much bigger than regional. Right. Um, we don't have aspirations to, to make a million barrels of beer. Uh, but if we scale up and, and inhabit the space that we have here and keep growing into it, like, it looks like it'll be a pretty, pretty rewarding trip. So like, I guess I'm more paying attention to the places that have been able to keep, get and keep great beer in the market. And then become that yourself. Yeah. 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 And become like some, you know, a brand that people can, can count on even maybe trying a new line extension like, oh, I haven't had this one, but I bet it'll be good. Right. And it's kind of earning that trust. And it's harder to do when you're just, like, making a zillion different things in a zillion directions, in my opinion. But a lot of people thrive on that, too. But I've scratched a lot of those super, like, creative itches through the years. We could keep going, but sure. uh, I think we're at the... No, yeah. no, I think we're at the end point. All I right, know, you're well, like all excited. Like, yeah. yeah, let's just keep going, but... Uh, I no, mean, I gotta I, go we, back to work. I know, it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, I need another beer. Uh, Chief, thanks so much. But well, that's what I do at work. This is... <laughs> well, me too, actually. <laughs> uh, Jeff O'Neill is the owner and head brewer at Industrial Arts in Rockland County, the Hudson yep. Valley we're of in New West York. Haverstraw in the, the hamlet of Garnerville. They can find you on you Instagram. You can find us at, on Instagram at industrialartsbrewing.com. And you can hashtag, find our website. Wait, what's the hashtag oh, again? Uh, oh, Juice Wolf. Juice, Juice Wolf. Juice yeah. Wolf, yeah. Please uh, remind people of that. Yeah, we where, just made yeah. a short run of t-shirts with... Um, Three wolves howling at a, a boss pour. <laughs> uh, if you would uh, like to hear, uh, what, what else do you want to? Oh, plug? I was just saying thank you for for coming out. And, oh, thanks and, for and thanks for coming for on. This, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we got somewhere. And no, this is <laughs> hopefully this, some of your listeners will. Uh, uh, this was great. You can read more about Jeff uh, in the upcoming issue of Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine. You can find us online at beerandbrewing.com. Uh, if you have suggestions for future guests, if you want to critique this performance, uh, it still gets under my skin, but you're welcome to do so. I'm John Hall at beerandbrewing.com or on Twitter at John underscore Hall, and it's H-O-L-L uh, for those of you who don't know. We really appreciate you uh, subscribing and tuning in and listening and we will get back awesome. at you soon I'd enough. love to see any of your listeners that get turned on by this at, uh, at our bar come on and up I'm, and visit I'm, I'm I'm I might often, be here if not almost always here Perfect. if I'm not out doing something else uh, supporting the brand love it thanks so much cheers right. guys thank you John this 
podcast is brought to you by Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine for those that love to make and drink great beer. Learn more online or subscribe at beerandbrewing.com or find us on social media at Craft Beer Brew.